recap, we've got Fez's favorite games to complain about, also known as his phony finals. We'll tell you how we did in the Super Contest, how Fez did in Survivor. How'd you do, Fez? I'm out. <laughs> how many How many um, entries did you have? Three. And who did you have this week? Two Jacksonvilles, one Baltimore. I Wait a minute. Hold the phone. My in absentia best bet. Whoa, let me turn that down. My in absentia best bet was who? You don't even remember. The, the Colts. The Colts, yeah. And you figure, you know what I'm doing? I'm going against that. I, I What's RJ know? I don't see how I could have survived because I guess I could have taken Miami just because I had to save Kansas City for the Thanksgiving and Christmas weeks. Kansas City, I can't, I can't remember which week. They're hosting the Raiders, all right? So I have to save that game. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of people got the majority, not the majority, more than half got booted out this week. And the idea was that, well, you could you, you could have taken Kansas City as a 13-point favorite and just survive in advance. But if you're planning ahead for the circus survivor, I mean, I, I think that would have put you on Dallas, Jacksonville, or Baltimore unless you, you went but into what I'm, the— I'm not saying you should have not been eliminated. Mm-hmm. I'm saying well, how could you go against—Dallas was laying like 12 or 13, right? Yeah, but Dallas you wanted to save for Thanksgiving. You would have been out anyways, but you want to save them for Thanksgiving— or Christmas also because they were well, hosting How many people Washington. can you save for Christmas and Thanksgiving? There's only three games. And That's what I'm saying. But you've been saving them. Week one, you had someone you were you, saving you, you, for Christmas you, and Thanksgiving. Well, yeah, you, you had to save Dallas and Kansas City because Dallas was hosting Washington and Kansas City was ho- hosting Vegas. Those were the two obvious teams you had to save. Okay, but was that, that wasn't one of the ones you were hosting in week one or saving in week there one. There was one other team as a backup. That, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So now you well, got Well, Dallas story. has been kicking out so much that they became even more valuable. You know, the Dallas and Washington Or you could say spread. now is the time that they're playing well. Uh, all I, listen, all I'm saying is at the core, you went against my best bat. I did. And got and got just smacked down. Oh, and I saw and 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 I saw the line drop into seven, and I was like chucking in, and I had teasers also, so I was like chucking in bets on Indy to get to get off the game and try to get flat from my teasers. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, uh, even when I'm sick, I can just like text in a few games, moving markets. I'm not saying it was directly related. It Four was, and one in absentia. Is that right? God darn it, that's got to piss off AJ, does? <laughs> He was crying that you were bucking his best bet. I'm like, he doesn't know what your best bet is. You're just wrong. What was AJ's best bet? I forgot. He bet the Raiders five five weight. And and me, I know a little about the Steelers. I came in on Pittsburgh. Well, they had such a they have such a strong home field advantage. You know, how can you go against that? Take that domination against you know just probably you're the only Steeler fan in the stadium. Right? <laughs> I, I would say it was seventy percent. Seventy. What I mean, did you you watch the game? What did it seem like to you? Well, they don't show the crowd. And and so you can't really tell. But you could tell. You could tell. They weren't showing the crowd when there was a big. Steeler I could hear play the noise and I, the, the you, terrible towel. I could were just going. hear. I could hear the audio. Like normally, like the home team reacts, and you could see. And the Steeler fans seemed noisier because it's it's like whenever there was like something good happened for the Steelers, the roar would go up. Yes. So in our second pod, which is going to be the the market report at the beginning, Fez is going to tell us his theory on do you go to games or do you stay home. It's going to be interesting. Stay tuned for that. Check that out at the beginning of the next pod. Okay, so the games. How did did Fez do better in four and one in his little picks? Uh, not this pod. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. How many years is it going to take? But if I change, listen, I am three fourths Italian. If I change my name to Vito, 
would you would you start taking it more seriously? Well, it's a little bit harder when you weren't here. And, but but, and, but and we're getting it an abstention. Okay. When when you see me have five weight, you should just say tattoo it somewhere. Let me ask you a question. All joking aside, you've taken my stuff as in we've thought about we've bet together yeah. or have for years and years. I mean, that's been more the last couple of years we've been betting more together. Is would you say would you say I'm far off when I pull the trigger too often? Well, just pulling no, and pulling back the curtain, Uh-oh. like 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 when um, I I only pay RJ. Okay, so we only we're select. We don't make that many bets, but I mean it's not like we win every week. But so we'll go we'll get down a little bit, but yeah. it doesn't matter because it's like it's just a matter of time. All right, until we roll into the black and I bring in an envelope. Sometimes there might three weeks might go by. So there might That's be like true. an envelope like week one, week two, and then we might have to wait till week seven, you know, and mm. then all of a sudden because we might not even bet. Something but let's be for, honest I mean, now. We're not betting a lot. We're being very selective. And on those losers, on it never goes more than two units. Yeah. Like if it's two units, I, you know, because there was a time a couple of years ago I threw it in your check, you know, so it, but I would say the last couple of years we haven't got, I haven't had, you haven't had to. Like a minus time. two. I haven't hit for yeah. It's been but again. Yeah. What am I playing? In a month, a less than ten games a month. You yeah. know, so it's like I'm being very selective. Exactly. But but I guess I didn't bet Tampa Bay with you. So if I would have bet Tampa with you, or I'm sorry, if I would have bet um, Colts with you, maybe that would have been different. But either way, it was. I agree with you. It was a minefield this the survivor this this week obviously. and to be fair like i always am giving my clients teasers always and i didn't give them the i i said hey here's the wong teasers and jacksonville is a wong teaser the, the, the um as is baltimore i said but they're not official plays i'm not playing them this week so i do listen to you <laughs> because it's very rare that i don't give out you know at, at least one of the two wong teasers i gave out no teasers this week I tell you, the teasers, especially with the prices people have to lay now, you, I mean, you're being clear that if you're laying more than 120, you probably shouldn't do it, right? Very clear. So I put out, my like the week before, I put out several teasers. I put out, I stole this from the Walters book. I said, teaser masterclass. I said, buy my, buy my teaser, and I will lay out exactly what long teasers are, when you should play them. And part of the distinction was I said, you have to get minus 120 on a six-point teaser. You cannot play. If the pricing is above that, and who I'm confused, who were you selling this to? Or Your, you were pregame saying? clients. Pre- oh. It was my it was my teaser of the week. Okay, but as part of it, you gave the master class. That's right. Okay. So I was saying, like, literally, they you know they should purchase it even if there was not even a pick. Teach a man how to fish. But the funny thing was, this is like the stuff before you met me. You would do with Kevin O'Neill. Where you were having these classes, people were supposed to buy. Were you, did you guys advertise like in the back of magazines and stuff? Like send in 1995. Word of, word of mouth. <laughs> it's word of mouth. There's still like like people. It's like they're, they're, I, someone asked me, do you, do, do you have a, a, a CD that's lying around? I'm like, talk to Kevin. I don't know anymore. It's all been destroyed. You know what's funny? Um, if you do a search on UNLV site and you and they got a lot of rich media there. One of yours with Kevin back, I think in 2006, maybe, is, is in the UNLV collection. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, cool. Now, how many books do you think Kevin wrote? Because I actually discovered something about that. I know he's written a few books. I believe at least two. It may be three. Yeah, there's three separate ones. I got, okay, all, I got three. all three now. Okay, I got in my, in my, my burgeoning they're, library. I mean, obviously, they're out of date, but it's I See, I disagree with that. Mm. I think that... that in any give, like like let's say Super System, which would be the most great example of Doyle's book, which was one of the first serious poker books. He said he lo- he made a million in sales and lost ten million because he told people what you know. Right, right. But 
I would say, well, I can't speak to the whole game theory stuff now, like the way they're playing now, GTO, you know. But before, I'd say still 50, 60% of it was super valid. Like, it's not all valid. Put a man to the test for all his chips. Nobody likes going all in in a tournament, like, on the second orbit, all right? So you got the nut flush draw with mm-hmm. two over cards. You know what? You know, if you go ahead and get you, you, a guy bets and you just shove on him, it's a tough call. You know, he's sitting there with two pair. It's a really tough call. And And to me, the older books, they got insight that is – some of it's limited by time, but it's something most people these days don't even know. So I want to know what other people don't know. It's a good and, and, and it's good progression of you, you want to know what people knew back in you know the year two thousand or whatever it is. That's a great point. That book is I still have all the super systems. I still read them sometimes. Okay, Fez, you got four games that you think were phony finals. Now do me a favor, do full disclosure here, and let me know if you had any bets on these. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate that. Uh, so the first game is we'll go rotation order on these four: Jacksonville, Houston, Houston as a big underdog. They were they opened up I think a nine point dog. They win by twenty. They win by twenty. What do you think the score should have been? Houston should have won by a field goal. Okay. So what was the cause? Now when we look at our if we just do our recalculation of stats, we've got Houston winning by twelve. So then Kevin Cole has them winning by three. And a new PFF thing we're using, causing the noise cancel, we got they got them winning by four. So you're in line with what the the people who make adjustments for luck and all that. Our recalculation is purely stats. You're in line with the field goal. So does it matter? Because when you're a nine point dog and you win by a field goal, it's pretty much the same effect well, as dominating. Well, that's right? a, that's a great point because what's happening? Like I still upgraded Houston by a point and a half, and I still lowered Jacksonville by a point. So I still made you know pretty massive adjustments with power ratings because even if you even if you lose by only three, it's still a, a problem as a eight point favorite. All special teams here, so Jacksonville misses a field goal. They have a blocked field goal that's run back for a touchdown, and they have a a kick return. For where the fullback, the up man, returns it on the kickoff and runs. He bobbles it, recovers it, and runs it back for a touchdown. So it's almost like the Make-A-Wish kids when they like run a kickback, you know, and everyone pretends to tackle them but doesn't. Seem like that happened. Maybe I don't think that's what's. Happened. I think everyone's trying their best to tackle them, and sometimes those kids are able to break the tackle. Well, that's what happened on this play because the the defense went to the right, and this guy went. To the other right, and there was no defense there. And in your analogy, he's the make-a-wish kid. It, he, he was not running fast. And he, that's the slowest. I, I think I heard he's the heaviest kick returner to ever return a kick more than 50 yards for a touchdown in the NFL. Well, at least you didn't call him fat. I mean, that, <laughs> that would have been the last insensitivity, maybe. Mackenzie, what do you think of that talk of about make-the-wish kids? I mean, does that, does that hit home? If it wasn't such a spot-on analogy, it might raise some flags. But if it's, if it's apt, it's apt, I say. Okay, speaking of apt, it might be time to turn that air conditioner off. <laughs> All right, Houston and Jacksonville, if you look at their EPA breakdown at the line of scrimmage, which is just the line of scrimmage, Houston wins by seven points. So, I mean, this maybe it, the score was a little bigger than it should have been, but, boy, they, it was not a coin flip game. I, I, Three implies coin flip game. I don't even think it was a coin flip game if you take out some of the extreme I, luck. I can accept the seven. And, and I, got to, I, I will say, like, if we can redraft, you know, C.J. Stroud is, play, is playing great. 
just um, 900 yards passing, no interceptions. Um, he's clearly the class of the quarterbacks for this draft so far, three games in. Um, and this despite, you know, O-line injuries for Houston as well. So super impressive. All right, so here's the question, because there's always a recency bias. There's a tendency to overreact. If you were redrafting right now, redrafting this season or this year's draft, in what order would the quarterbacks go for you? So definitely C.J. Stroud, number one. Mm-hmm. I then a big drop off, then Anthony Richardson. So you think it's a big drop off to Anthony Richardson? I do. Okay, and then and then uh, Young for number three. Okay, I wonder what the teams themselves would do. Well, remember, it's it's not good that two of the three got injured in their you know within two weeks of starting their careers. Well, I mean, but but if anything, that's a sign that you probably shouldn't overreact to what you've seen if they're injured. Mm. Or do you think it's a sign they're injury prone? That's the problem. Because mm. how do you become injury prone? You start getting injuries. Where yes. would you have drafted Josh Allen after two full seasons? Oh, I, I he wouldn't belong in the league after two full seasons. So, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's been three games. Us, but usually the second year we learn, not the first year. I agree. It's been three games. But but, th- but then again. But you've completely flipped the order of the draft. Well, but. One becomes three. But because this guy is better than anybody I've ever seen to start the year other than Andrew Luck. Well, he he was an all-timer, Andrew Luck. <laughs> All right, the second game that you think there was a faulty final, New England and the Jets. In this game, New England wins by five. They cover. What do you think it should have been? I think New England should have won by ten. The uh, There was just no offense for the Jets. The Jets had under 200 yards of offense. They averaged, get this, under three yards per play. New England a little over five. Um, so New England doubled up on the yardage. And I get it. The Jets couldn't convert. I'm sorry. I'm stealing your thunder. Okay. I'm pre-production. You, 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 you passed it on me, and I, it, it is no, a good hey, point. Go ahead. Make the point. The, the Jets couldn't get any third down. They had terrible third down luck. That's because they suck. Their quarterback sucks, and he can't convert any third downs. And the team has no confidence whatsoever in him. So I think New England, I still don't know how the Jets got 10 points, frankly. Now, the McKenzie does good work in our luck-adjusted stuff. And if you look at the uh, third downs, let's see, it's going to be game th- or page three. Okay, then we go to New England. And in the third downs, or late, they actually did poorly. So they ended up losing nine points in late downs. And um, in the green zone, they lost three points. So, uh, which is like the red zone, but a little different. We do the 33 and in. So it. it <sighs> The thing is, on late downs, it's often the downs you have to throw if it's third and eight, and that's when quarterbacks like Zach Wilson have the biggest problems. Yes. When you have to throw. Um, Really, the NFL, this is a kind of trite, but I think there's a lot of truth in it. Can you throw when the other team knows you have to throw? And can you stop the other team from running when they are up, like let's say it's a one-point game, they got the ball. Can you stop them on third and two or fourth and one? Yeah, with exactly. The game on the line, we'll talk about that game. And yes. you think about it, that if you can do those two things, you know you've done pretty well. You know, mm-hmm. and and how many teams can do that? Because you need a good quarter. The starting point is a good. There's no average quarterback that does well on third and ten. Right. Yeah. So you have to be a good quarterback. It's these highly leveraged downs, and and you just and we'll talk about that. You're in attendance in the game, and you know it's one thing that really stands when I'm watching one game and one game only. What stands out is like all the time I'm saying, "Well, this is a huge play for my bet. This is a huge." It's like there's like twelve of them, you know, that are like third and fours that are at midfield. That it's like so critical to whether a team's going to cover or not. 
Now, um, if we look at the fourth quarter win share, which is saying what's the odds of them winning the game based on what happened, what the score was in the fourth quarter at various points, weighted 87% New England. Uh, Houston was 98% chance to win in the fourth, which obviously they won handedly. All right, let's think about this. But it seems like uh, Mac Jones still is making some mistakes. Oh, no, no question. There's no New England just grounded out, and you could you could argue one thing that I know they Mac Jones hit one big pass. He got 201 passing yards, but one of them he just threw it over the defense and had like a, a tight end that was may have been a running back wide open that went like 80 yards um, to the end zone. So it's it's like yeah, you get credit for that, but you, should you really get the full credit? It was just a blown coverage. Well, and that, and that's what Kevin Cole and this new PFF does is they say if something's not repeatable, mm-hmm. let's downweight it. So they got New England winning by six and four. So in a weird way, both of you can be right. Which is, on one hand, the way the game actually played, New England dominated, and it should have been more than a five-point game. Our stat recalculation said a 14-point game, okay? Mm. But now some of those plays that made it a 14-point game are not repeatable type plays. Thus, they get scaled back in six and four, the two numbers for New England. So I think it's all in line, actually. Um, do we want to bet Belichick under when he's playing a bad quarterback? Yes, because he's going to not want to make mistakes himself. That's a great point. So we want to bet under for two reasons, and and the second reason is subtle, and you nailed it. This is really strong stuff because you could you could just bet the Jets team total under, but it's really a low number, right? But it's like Belichick's smart, and he's like, I'll use an example. He's going to lower the variance. Yeah, so if we're playing chess and you're a master and I'm a candidate master, the only way you're going to lose – is if you make some tactical blunder, and I can take like a big mistake, a big mistake. Because if you just grind it out, and we play positional chess, and not none, there's never like one big mistake that you can make. There's no way I'm ever. You play a hundred times, you're gonna beat me a hundred times because I'm just not as good as you, and it will show up. And that's really how Belichick plays these games to avoid making that horrible mistake that could cost have a seven point swing. And the teams that are smart when they're underdogs. They tend to increase variance. They do fake punts. They blitz a lot. All the things like uh, go for it on fourth down. Go uh, a lot of the things Detroit did last year, uh, especially early in the, or even the year before when they were even worse. Exactly. So an extreme example is you. You don't even have to be a big dog, but you have to be a big dog to win the game. So in the Raider game, they there was a point where the Raiders were. Um, it was a 16 point difference, and the Raiders were driving, and they had a fourth down and four, and they didn't. They eschewed the field goal and went for it. And that's just obvious. Of course you do that because you're down 16. What good is kicking the field goal going to do you that's going to reduce variance? At that point, you're projected to lose the game by like eight points. You have to increase variance. And they did correctly go for it on that play. Next game, Buffalo wins by 34 over Washington. What do you think the score should have been? Uh, Buffalo should have won by about 20. So, you know, that, that, that was... Um, an extreme result. It was, let's see what the turnovers were, 5-1 to one on turnovers. So, yeah, I mean, the final score of 37-3, to three, but um, probably should have been more like 24 to, you know, okay. 24 to 9, something like that. Just give us a range. That's, that's fine. Yeah. Um, recalculation says 18-point win. Um, Kevin Cole, now this is taking out the luck, says only a 6-point Buffalo win. Wow. And um, somehow the pregame luck adjusted – we got it. We're, we're tinkering with that one. It has Washington winning the game. <laughs> Mackenzie, you want to explain that one? Yeah, it, we've come back to this a couple times. It's no, no, day. not this one. We haven't. No, you're right. And I think the first drive of the game explains it. I'm not hearing the numbers. 
13 points for late downs is the biggest difference between us and, and the rest of the projections. Okay, so they won by 34. You're saying 13 points was that we got, or Washington got unlucky on late downs, or Buffalo got lucky, or just combined? Uh, yeah, that's combined. Okay, so by I'll the way, Washington did kick a field goal in the final play of the game. <laughs> it was zero thirty. Well, they didn't want the shutout. Yeah. Okay, so um, let's accept those points. Now, what else? Fourteen points of it is that we count competitive football. So when you win by thirty-four, almost by definition, a lot of those points at the end of the game aren't going to count. So we had a twenty-one point game state weighted margin. Okay, but let's make this clear now. For sure, if I recall, that in those situations especially for the luck adjusted, we were supposed to make it where the um, success rate yes. was then going to be extrapolated out. So the, it wasn't like that didn't happen. The success rate, the reason we do the success rate is once the game gets so out of hand, we don't want to act like the things that happened to get it out of hand are going to keep happening if they continued into, uh, into garbage time. We figure garbage time is going to be more representative of a normal game, just how good one of the teams is versus the other, which success rate is a great measure of. So that, that, that was added into the margin, right? Yeah, and um, you know Buffalo only had a 42% success rate. It was a lot of the big plays, so it's, it was less of a it – did, it didn't we – did, the added in time didn't increase their margin. Okay, okay. So you're saying the success rate of Washington and Buffalo were about the same in the game? Yes. That's hard to imagine. And maybe that's, again, why Kevin Cole only has it as a six-point game. But once again, I think we're directionally right, but perhaps a little extreme. I also think, and like some of the adjustments we make, like I'm starting to expect Josh Allen to convert three, three, even 15s a game. Like he does it every game. It's two points of luck almost every possession, but it's something that he just, him, Mahomes, these guys do. <laughs> He's worked up. Tow off. We'll talk to you in a little bit. <laughs> He's worked up. I mean, you hear his so, so I, up, I, I upgraded Buffalo one point, downgraded Washington one, even though the final score looks like we shouldn't, you know, you, you could argue a point and a half easily on both of them, but it just, the, the numbers didn't justify it in the stats. Okay, I accept that. That's a good insight. Because once it's 37 3, people are thinking, like, ah, it was such a, and it, maybe in this case, it wasn't such a blowout. All right, last one. Oh. What, oh. Whoa. what a coincidence. Two of my phony finals were my two survivor losers. Okay, Indianapolis-Baltimore. The Colts win by three. Let me think. Somehow, some way, we're going to have, like, there was this play with six minutes left, and if only they didn't do something, then something else would have happened, and the whole world would have been different butterfly effect. Sliding doors go. Baltimore should have won by two. Uh-huh. Baltimore and won the, uh, the, the, the stats. That's not true. The pregame calculation of the stats say four-point win from the Colts. Mm-hmm. So tell me the stats that they won. They won the yards by 30 yards. Oh, oh. They won, the fir- they won the first. Oh, I, I said they won by two. Uh, the first downs, they won by one. Yards per play, they won by 1.2. They swept all three categories. Okay, so McKenzie, how, look at our calculations. And uh, I guess the turnovers would be the other big factor, right? Yeah. Baltimore was 0-2 on so so, turnovers. So that matters, right? Turnovers matter, well, don't you think? Un- yeah, that's why we lost. Okay. Baltimore had two turnovers. But why do you say they should have won? You're saying if there weren't any turnovers, yeah. they should have won. They were won. unlucky. All right. Well, let's, well, turnovers are not all luck. And we have the best, kick, do, and we have the best kicker in and, the league. And, 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 and our you kicker, don't make 59-yarders all the time. Yeah, but the other guy did. He made four of them that were 50-plus. Tucker's time is done. <laughs> Come on. Well, you don't think he's ever going to? Get old? He literally kicked at 59 yards and hit the cross and and and, and hit the center so point. So that's of my the exact point. Last year he would have made it. Yeah, he would have. He's gotten old. 
Um, <laughs> here's what I know. Oh, Lord, this is bad. Maybe you're right. If you look at just the line of scrimmage, the EPA at the line of scrimmage, no, no turnovers are considered. So this is like your analysis, yeah. effectively. It has Indianapolis losing by 12 points. Wow. You know, it's funny when you say, oh, you're right, Fez. It's, it's almost like in the movie The, Fir- the Firm. That Wilford Brimford is like the, mm-hmm. the head of security, yes. and like the head lawyer is like chewing him out, and and and, and Wilford looks at him and, and and he's showing him the stats. He's like, "What do you think I do around here?" You know, it's like I'm looking at all these faxes coming in from all my informants. Well, listen, when I disagree with you, and somehow occasionally I think, you know what, right. maybe I got it wrong. All I can do is say, "Hey, Fez, you got right. it right." I'm not sure if that's good enough or not, but let me tell you this: the very fact that I do sometimes say that means when I don't say it, I you're disagree. right. Yes. All right. So, um. Let's think of how this game went the way it did. So if the Colts lost by 12, where did they make it up? Well, one was nine points of turnovers against Baltimore, and this is based upon the EPA of where the situation happened, et cetera. All right, so that's given us about 12, about three points left to make up. And, wow, there was uh, kicking-wise, Baltimore – or I'm sorry, the Colts picked up Almost, uh, well, yeah, a touchdown. How did? How was there a touchdown? Because they made four field, 50-50 field goals. So this They're is an example. They're all 50-50, and he made them all. So it's an example where we looked at the expectation on the kick, the fact he made it, the delta went to their advantage. Yeah, not us. The NFL provides that information. Yeah, yeah, well, in the fast start. So um, I've never seen a field goal kicking that. Like, usually they might make five field goals, but they were kind of expected to make them. Um, I mean, this was, like, really a shocking nut. Is that the biggest number from kicking we've had that there wasn't a block kick in return? Yes, definitely. Positive number. You've seen some negative numbers with returns, but not. I haven't seen plus eight. Eight points they scored more than expected. So not think about this. I've got the best kicker in the league, and I got creamed well, on the field goal You had the stat. best kicker in the league. I had the perceived <laughs> best kicker in the league, and we got and we lost because of um, minus eight points in kicking variance. I mean, that you, sucks. Do you still think Barry Bonds is the best baseball player? You know, he, he hit 73 home runs, and he walked like he, 180 he, times. He was the best. Him and Tucker are in the same category. I don't know how many he walked. I just made that up. Okay. Anything else in this game? Um. No. No. Moving on, <laughs> San Fran Giants. What's your power ratings? I mean, we don't have to over-talk this. This was Thursday. What, what's your power ratings say? Who's the best team in the league? 49ers. Eight points better than the average team. Clear cut. You were batting with both hands under 49ers, weren't you? Under 11, yeah. You, how are you feeling about now, that? Now I just need them to win the championship because I got, I'm going to bet them to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay, now we got some game decisions to talk about. Next game, Chargers-Minnesota. Chargers win by four. The stats say they should have won by six. Kevin Cole says they should have lost by one and a half. PFF says it was a tie. Cop out. What do you think? They both should have lost. <laughs> They're both worthy of And I'm going I'm to throw everybody under the bus. No one is going to escape here. So let's start out final two minutes. Chargers have a four-point lead. It's fourth and one. All right? And Brandon Staley... Despite the Vikings being out of timeouts. So every, everyone's seen most of this. So I think you can maybe you right, know, right. go so, a little quicker. So he goes for it. Um, and then the ESPN. Or so the, what do you think of that? I think it's it, it it's fine. It's like 50-50 either way. But I punt because 
I don't want my players to revolt against mm-hmm. me. And I'm basically, I can see the defense. Like if we wind up losing the game, you put us in this ridiculous position where they they only had a 25 year yard field to drive. You have no confidence in us. In a weird way, if you think about it, the fact that it was such a boast, a boost, bolstering of the Minnesota side that the crowd was so loud they couldn't hear the offense couldn't snap the ball right. So literally. The frenzy that came from that bad decision led to them winning the game. <laughs> you're, you're right about that. And now further, I want to throw the analytics people under the bus because they said if the Chargers punt, they win 82% of the time. Mm-hmm. If they go for it, they win 89% of the time. Mm-hmm. That's that's asinine. Okay. They don't win 82% of the time if they punt. I mean, you've got you've got a game where there's 475 yards of offense for both teams. You're, you're telling me you're giving the Vikings the ball on their own 30 with, with 90 seconds and no timeouts, that they're not going to get in the end zone a third of the time or maybe a fourth of the time? You're not going to win 80% of the so time. So what you're saying is that means it makes going for it even more of the right decision. Yes, it does. However, but, but you just said you shouldn't go for it. Well, but if you don't get it, you're, 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 they're, they're assuming you're going to win two-thirds of the time. You're going to lose at least half the time if you don't get it. Well, they didn't get it, and they didn't lose. Well, they'll, well they should have. <laughs> well, so yeah. the, Viking, the Vikings, and, and this is I, I, as, as egregious a, a, a play call as I've ever seen, the Vikings get the ball first and goal well, on the six. Hold on a second. Let's get something straight. You're saying if they have to go, if there's 45 extra yards to go, you're saying half the time they make it from, you know, the 25 or whatever, a touchdown. You had another 40-some yards, and you're only saying, well, they make it 33%. So it only no, decreases. No, they make, it, they, they make it more than 50%. The, the Vikings would score a touchdown more than half the time from the 25-yard line there. But how much more? I think about 60% they score. I, I tell you, I mean, unless I'm mistaken, let's right. be straight here. They don't— they only had 52 points up at this point. It wasn't like it, there was no D. I mean, they slightly went over. Or did that even go over the total? That went under. Laid right? it on the number. It, so, the closing number. Yeah, so I'm not sure it was they that. They had 475 yards of offense. Each. Each. Uh, it's interesting. If we actually just look at. Hmm. That's interesting. If we look at the projected score on the stats, it would have been 41 34. So that does speak to that the uh, the scoring was less than it should have been. Yeah, there's nonstop the offense, and the defense is gassed, and uh, the defense is demoralized after you go for it fourth and want to get stuffed. So I need a Coke Zero. I'm going to walk to the break room, get a Coke Zero, and come back. By the time I'm back, you got to be ramping, ra- uh, uh, tailing off on your complaining about whoever you want to complain about. Okay. You have 30 seconds. So the analytics people completely have the probabilities of success wrong. They keep It's like they're looking at a database of all games the past 10 years and not pricing in the fact that's like this game is like Madden and the offenses have a huge edge over the defenses. So their, their projected win rates for the Chargers are way too high. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. 
And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With Pick 6, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER, 18 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. But moving over to the Vikings... The Vikings just did everything wrong in terms of they get the ball on the six-yard line. There's 30 seconds left. They're going to win. they got time for four plays. They don't even have to rush. I've mentioned this many times. You have, in this situation, the clock's ticking, and you need to run a play fast. You don't want to just blow it down and spike it. But as it turns out, that's what the Vikings should have done rather than just huddle up. And then Kirk Cousins couldn't hear the play being sent in, and he just panicked, and they just sat in the huddle for 20 seconds. And... Every team has to have a situation like this where they just go to the line of scrimmage and they yell out a play, zebra, zebra. And zebra means we're rushing the line of scrimmage and we're going to throw a three-yard out pattern and the wide receiver, it's not open, I'll, I'll throw it in the, into the ground. And if he's open, he'll just take it and dart out of bounds. And boom, now you got 27 seconds I'm left. And it's you, second and goal on the six. RJ, there were I'm 30. Let me ask you this. 31 seconds left. You have first and goal from the six. I said you have to be wound down, bud. 21 seconds went by as Kirk Cousins and company sat and just discussed in the huddle what play they're going to run. How is that possible? Well, you're the one that upgraded him off of that video. Zebra. Uh, uh, Zebra. Bison. Bison. They all have to have a play where you just rush up and you and you, you snap the ball. And you should be practicing this. Not, oh, you know what? Hmm, let's try to figure out what we're going to do here. There's a lot of crowd noise. I can't hear my coach. Tick. Tick. Do you ever Tick. Do, do you ever daydream that someone's going to hear one of your rants and hire you from the Raiders and say just give them a half mil? You ever daydream about that? I've thought about it, <laughs> but somehow it never happens. No. Well, remember now, for Alabob, who it, oh, it did happen for him, but then everyone hated him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I would. I think a similar uh, fate would have been yours, Faz. Um, I'm done complaining about this game. <laughs> Could you imagine Luca looking at Fez like, "Hey, man, it's, it's you or me." He 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 dunked Luca. Luca would dunk him into the toilet. Is what <laughs> you make that. one more 19 footer, your best. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I would love to have all you analytics people have a, run a whole team in the NFL. Mm. 
and I could bet against it every week. It'd be the best thing ever. We'd have the worst locker room ever. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it would smell in the offices, too. Not you, necessarily, but some of the in it. Let's be mm. candid. You're well bathed. Okay. <laughs> uh, Herbert was good. Is that fair to say? Oh, until the final drive when he couldn't, when one first down, you know, wins the game. And see the pattern? He's not clutch. He's not clutch. I got I, some people. I mean, I'm just going by the scouting report said he has a personality disorder. I can't speak <laughs> to that. I mean, I can't either, but Jesus, maybe. Um, Cleveland, 27 to 3, total domination. We actually have. This is interesting. Mackenzie, why do you have the negative number by Tennessee here instead of the positive like you do in every other case? Mistake by me. Okay. So we're saying nine points Cleveland won by by the stats. Kevin Cole says 13, and PFF says 16. So everyone thinks a nice win, just not as nice as this. Yeah. The the only negative about Cleveland, love everything about Cleveland. Another Watson play that it's like he's never played football his entire life. Well, no, no. But I think it's fair to say Watson – this was his best game in no, the Cleveland no, uniform. No doubt, but maybe we start there instead of the play you didn't like. Okay, yeah, <laughs> uh, tremendous game for Watson. Threw for almost three hundred QBR seventy nine, and on any one play, you just never know what he's going to do. Okay, tell us that one. All right, so he's like right around the line of scrimmage. He's scrambling. All right, and he looks somehow he gets spun around and he looks behind him. And he decides, he's, well, I'm going to get hit, so I'm going to throw the ball. So he throws a 10-yard pass, but he doesn't throw it forward. He throws it directly backwards towards his goal line. In the history of football, I have never, I have never seen a quarterback choose to do it. It's not like, like the running back was all mm-hmm. alone back there. Mm-hmm. The running back's like looking around like, what is he doing? <laughs> Falls on the ball, you know, it's a fumble. Did he get spun around? A little bit, but not excessively. It's almost like he threw it in the wrong direction. It's like he forgot he was throwing it backwards instead of forward. Now, do you think this is repeatable? Like, what are we taking away from this? Well, I saw him get the two personal foul for face mask penalties. Uh-huh. So this is like back-to-back weeks. He's done something really stupid in the history of the NFL. I've never seen a quarterback do. So you think this is something that may be a trend that we got to worry about? Yes. Okay. Um, and this is for the season or the week? The season. Okay. So, so far on the season, PFF grade uh, 25th best in the NFL, 23rd in QBR. Not great. But today, or the, most recently on Sunday, it was a good game. Looked fantastic. Okay. Yes. Next game, we went over Houston-Jacksonville. We went, all right, so Green Bay-New Orleans. Now, this is one where sometimes, you got to acknowledge these days, it just fell perfectly. Because, Fez, you and I have over Green Bay on season wins. Yep, over seven and a half. Looking good, I think. Because they won this game. Won yes, this looking game. real good. But I had... <laughs> but but I had the uh, one of my picks was Saints plus two. Saints plus two. That's a pretty thin middle there. There's one little spot that I keep hearing plus one minus one doesn't might mean anything. It sure did here. Well, thank the analytics departments that listen to our podcast mm-hmm. that know that when you're down 14, you score a touchdown, you go down eight. We've spoken about this. The Eagles pioneered this. You're down eight before the point after. You go for two. Mm-hmm. Late in the fourth. Not, not like in the third quarter, but you know, with limited time left in the game. Fairly into the fourth quarter. And that's exactly the situation Green Bay had. And succinctly explain how, why that is. You win under the assumptions of you have just enough time to get one more touchdown and the other team doesn't score. If you just kick twice, you go to overtime and win half the time. Mm-hmm. But if you go for two, if you do the decision tree, you win five-eighths of the time. Okay, it, but but explain why. I'll, because, do I'll do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
I mean, well, you got to explain it. Because you have a 50-50 chance to make the two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. If you get it, you win because you just kick the extra point after your next touchdown. Okay, so the theory is you're down eight. If you go for two, half the time you're going to be down six. Thus, if you score a touchdown, kick the PAT, you, you win. And let's assume the PATs are being made. Yep. If you fail, you got to go for two again. And thus, the only way to lose the game this way is if you miss the two twice, right? The two and the two twice. And the other way, so that means you're going to lose 75% of the time. 25% you'll lose. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, 75, you're not going to lose. 25, you are going to lose. Then amongst the other ones, you're going to have the sure winner with the PATs half the time and the other half and the you're time. you're going to split the overtime games. So and it's the overtime games get split, so it just mathematically turns out to be. So you win four eights, you uh -huh. lose two eights, and the other eights split, so you win five eights of the time. Okay. So it, it makes sense. It's just something that the not many teams are doing. This is an example of it being done. And by even Green the Bay. announcers are like, why are they going for two? It's like the, the announcers union refuses to acknowledge any analytics department, you know, and they're always like old school. So they were they were very unhappy about it. I'd much rather old school than new school. Mm. Because the new school is wrong so much. Well, but the new school got you your middle on one. I'm fine with that. They they caused <laughs> me a they caused me a lot of consternation too. Mm. And again, I, I guess the way to say, I mean, you do realize that the new school, when they're wrong about something, they'll preach about something for five years. And when they turn out to be wrong, it just, it's like water off a duck's back. Somehow it doesn't matter how wrong they are about things. Like Pete Carroll, how much did we hear from every freaking dork east of the Mississippi and west of the Mississippi, how bad Seattle is. And Pete Carroll has been a horrible coach. And if only if Russell Wilson hadn't been carrying him, he would be out, drummed out of the league by now. No doubt. Old school fossil saved by a Hall of Fame quarterback. And somehow, some way, it looks the opposite. It looks like Russell Wilson was in big trouble if it wasn't for Pete Carroll knowing how to use him. And now he's already gotten so – and as he got older and plumper, he got more and more demanding. Uh, let's jump Not to – Not Pete Carroll. Let's jump – no, Russell Wilson. No, no. Let's jump to that game. Denver, I mean – this one was a, a clear winner, I'd say, 70 to 20. When I looked at ESPN. You like the over. <laughs> That's a good pick. That is true. But what did, uh, I mean, what can we say here? I mean, it's obvious domination. <coughs> Our stats model shockingly says it should have been 62 30, which is like a huge, like I've never seen us supposed to, I guess the point is the underlying stats for Miami were almost as good as the 70 points, which is almost shocking. And the, I mean, Miami, not only were they throwing for 10 yards per pass, they were rushing for 10 yards per rush. I mean, it was just incredible. Where's Miami at in your power rankings? Miami is number three. Now, explain something to me. Mm -hmm. If you knew Tua was going to play the whole year, 100%, where would they be? Number three, because that's what, but that's the snapshot right now. So you're saying, now, what, how do you quantify the risk of Tua not playing the whole year? I haven't. Um, but but it, like you wouldn't want them as the third favorite to win the Super Bowl, would I, you? I would not. It's a really sage point because there's probably only a 60% chance two is going to be around at the end of the year. What do you think? Would you go over or under 60? I think there's a material chance he won't be. I'd, be go over, I'd be over 60 because it seems like I agree. he's getting the ball out so fast. Yeah, he that, is. That he's not going to – they don't need – I mean, it's almost like Tom Brady when he would throw balls away – it's like, yeah, maybe there's a chance I can make this play, but there's a chance I'm going to get knocked out of the season. I'm not going to do that. Most what, yards in 66. What was he doing be, still being in end of the third quarter? Mike White did mop up in the fourth quarter. 
I think it was showing they're not going to be scared with him. But did he take any hits? I don't. I no. don't think he's hardly taken any hits this year. I um, and he's not running the ball right. You got, you got no. You got to wonder about the the whenever you have a performance this shocking, it's almost like was there a revolt? Was there a strike by the Denver defense? Were they upset about something? What the heck was going on? You do got to. I mean, listen. This is a D just gave up. I mean, think about it. the second half of the Washington game. In this game, is about as bad as defense does. And remember, this was, except for last year, except for one or two games, that there was a revolt. This D was one of the top five, top three Ds in the league Yeah, well, last year, Denver. And, and so Sean Payton, like, correctly, you know, mentioned how poorly Denver's coached. Mm-hmm. But little did he know that he would be carrying on the legacy, right? So I something's know. wrong. I've, I have a feeling that I don't, I don't know Sean Payton, but it seems like that time in the media— affected him in a way that that is not good because he seems to be grandstanding and and doing things for for the benefit of the media that I think is having a reverse effect I, now. I agree. And I whenever I see a, a a shocking number like this that's like beyond like any recent history it makes you wonder, you know, is it, it are there locker room issues? Who's better than Miami? So we're saying that your power ratings don't account for Tua's fragility. Right. So you're saying these two teams are better than Miami. Who is it? Yeah, Kansas City and San Fran. You'd bet either one of those teams in a neutral site right I'm now. I'm not sure I would. I'm not sure I would. Hmm. I mean, I don't know what has Kansas City really shown. Let's go, go to that game next. What has their offense showed us? They put up 41 in this game, but our stats say they should have put up 28. Well, I guess 36. And they had seven. And We're goal. not going to learn anything. They they crushed a dysfunctional Chicago team. All right. You know, it's like it's more about. Chicago being, t- I, I upgrade Kansas City a point. Did you lay the thirteen? No, because because Scott. Got- no, I, 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 it was my number one pick because I have to have five picks, and mm-hmm. then Scott presented why can't why you Chicago mean your one weight? Yeah, so mm-hmm. shot. So I'm sorry. Yes, yeah, so it was my one weight, and and Scott like gave a great presentation about how dysfunctional the Bears are, and I'm out of my mind. And I actually said, you're right. I'm going to lose this. So you actually were going to bet Chicago? Yeah. And then now you're saying we dismissed the 31 point win because it was so pre predetermined or predestined. I'm not dismissing it. I'm you're just, saying we didn't learn anything. They beat a dysfunctional team. No, I upgraded them a point, but I'm saying I lowered Chicago two and a half. It was okay. it was more about Chicago than it was about Kansas City. Where was the money on this game? There really wasn't any. I mean, it went from 13. It to, was thir- it was it 13. went to 13 to like 11 and a half, didn't it? No, it, it went. It, it, you're right. It went 13 to 12, but then it came back up to 12 and a half. And 13 so it came down. Up. So it came down. It went from 13 to 12 and a half. Exactly. Yes, it down. came down. It came down. I mean, Vito, I told you, Vito. No, who like, do you think the public was betting? The, they're all, every, every single one of them was betting so, the Chiefs. So the Sharps were betting significant money on the Bears. Well, the Sharps bet a lot of teams this week, and they didn't do very well. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, a I, lot of teams. <laughs> they, they, the Sharps, there might be a few more lights at the uh, local sports books, you know? To, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying this idea that these people got it all figured out. No one knows anything. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. All right. Next. All right. So that. So. So I guess my point back to Kansas City real quick is we got. Let's call this game. Hey, it counts. But there is a question mark beside it. Where's been the good offensive performance from Kansas City otherwise? Let me take. I mean, certainly I mean, not against not, Detroit, and certainly not against Jacksonville. Yeah, there's only three point. games. So, like, why are we going to say the defense it, is so good and they're all, you got Mahomes? It's like, okay, when are we going to see that? 
Well, we saw it there. But it was a dysfunctional game, uh, right? We saw it against Jacksonville. The defense was really good. Well, 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 but and no, I mean, no, I'm talking about the offense. The offense has been pedestrian compared to expectation. Compared to any, they were below, in the first two weeks, they were below average offense. Yes. Below I, average. I agree. They scored 21 against Detroit, and uh, 20 against Detroit, and they scored 17 against Kansas City. And and they're supposed to score like 28. So, well, well, not just below their expectation, below the expectation of an average NFL offense. I agree. It, and more importantly, where do you stand on the Taylor Swift situation? Um, I can name one of her songs, and I'm pleased that I know one. What, what is that one? Shake It Off. Can you sing it? Shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> they tell me I've got too many boyfriends, but I shake it off. Shake it off. And now she has another one. <laughs> oh, she has another boyfriend? Kelsey. Uh-huh. You think he's going to be distracted? No. No, no. He's, he's been like in a he was like in a bachelor type of reality show. He's 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 you he, he's used to this sort sort no, of spotlight. I, I think it's a different kind of spotlight. Yeah, what you're you right, say? You're right. <laughs> don't, probably don't have to buy out the whole restaurant to get to go out when <laughs> on the reality show. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. All right, I am going to say there's a question. I mean, listen, if there's any team that gets the benefit of the doubt on offense, it's going to be Mahomes and Kansas City. Let's accept that. But that's different than saying, hey, it's a sh- almost a short thing like it usually is. You know what else gets the benefit of the doubt? The Kansas City's defense ain't going to be too good. Because most years it ain't too good, is it? It's been underrated. It's but been s- It ain't too good. So, I mean, like the underrated has been... The, everyone thought they were twenty three. They're like twelve. Oh, hold on, everyone thought they were twenty three, but you thought they were fourteen. Yeah, they were. They're in the top half. Okay, yeah, come on. So what we're saying here is now it's interesting. We have three games that says the defense looks better net net than we thought, and we believe it. Mm-hmm. We have three games, two and a half games, let's call it, in which the offense looks worse, but we don't believe that. Well, we, we do believe Kelsey's critically important. So the fact that he missed the first game. And maybe he's getting old. And maybe he won't be. Maybe he's going to be distracted. I'm just saying. No, I would be. It's, it, the, the, the easy narratives don't usually turn out to be correct. Okay. Atlanta, Detroit. Now, this was a surprise. 20 to 6, 14 point win. Our stats say a 13.9. Win. That's good. That's a good little stat there. Kevin Cole says only five points. PFF says 11. There's a number that jumps out at me. If you look at the line of scrimmage EPA in this game, Atlanta was minus 14 points from expectation. So you say, what is a typical team going to do in these spots with the ball, line of scrimmage, blah, 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 play after play? They were 14 points worse than expected that was literally number 30 of all teams. The only teams worse on the line of scrimmage were Tennessee and the Jets. Oof. All right, so the three worst, Atlanta, Tennessee, Jets. It all sounds right, doesn't it? But you don't expect Atlanta to be in that spot or in that ca- that company. I noticed that Atlanta was down by 14 a couple times or at least one time Earlier this year, week one, they came back. So it made me think maybe this team isn't going to be so bad coming from behind because the theory is with Ritter, this guy can't throw. If they get behind, maybe they're screwed. But came back against Green Bay. Came back against Green Bay. 
But, Fez, you had something at halftime that told you that that wasn't expected this time. Yeah, so Atlanta's trailing by seven at halftime. I'm thinking, well, all right, Atlanta can come back here. I'm going to check the halftime line. And I saw, well, Atlanta did start the game with the ball, so maybe I'm not so optimistic. And then I get a, an urgent text from one of my wise guys, like, bet Detroit. I'm not going to tell you why. It's like, love Detroit second half. And um, Detroit absolutely dominated the second half. So one of my professional bettors saw something in the game that absolutely – it, and it was I really think it was an anti-Atlanta uh, bet to make in the second half. So when you talk to Vito, if you can find out what what are the scenarios that they are optimistic about Atlanta if they're down or even even keel versus pessimistic because I, I would think you'd be pessimistic mostly with a quarterback that can't throw too well. By the way, Ritter, seven sacks taken. and sacks are something where, it's a quarterback stat in many cases, as the analytics guys explain. And uh, Ritter, not so, his pocket presence, not so good. Yep. Uh, year to date, if you look at his PFF grade, Ritter, number 30. That's not good. But his QBR, 14. Interesting. So the scheme, the other players around him, the O-line, they're allowing him to perform decently. But PFF says if you just zero in on him, not good. Interesting. Okay, next game, we're going to go with Seattle-Carolina. A lot of sharp money on Carolina, it seemed like. Yeah, and the— Loser! It was a loser. The stats were closer than the final score, so I, I still think Seattle should have probably covered. I, Seattle should have won by, like, so six. we had a 5.3 on the stats. Kevin Cole said nine. And for some reason, there's no PFF. What's up with the PFF here? On, the, on their side, it was down. It was down. Okay, so make, double back and try to get that. We'll get that. All right, go ahead. Yeah, so yardage, Seattle slightly better. Um, You're not reading the box score, are you? When I was watching the <laughs> when I was watching the game, Carolina played them more than equal through the first half, and then uh, it just looked like Andy Dalton just, just stopped being a functional quarterback in the second half and stopped being capable, and Seattle pulled away. Wait, yeah, you know Andy Dalton was good back when your boy was the best kicker. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while. A lot, a lot of people were, were, were bet Carolina. Remember, this line went from six and a half down to four and a half. Mm-hmm. And the, I, I didn't get sucked in. And the idea was, oh, Andy Dalton's two points better than Young. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Now, if you look at line of scrimmage, now Carolina did have the 14th best. They were two points better than expected. Seattle was 14 points better than expected. So Seattle really won at the line of scrimmage. Big. And then otherwise, this stuff was advantage Carolina. And Carolina's defense has suffered more injuries. I don't have them all specifically listed. So that they're, they're dropping like flies on defense, and they were compromised in this game. So Seattle picked up some kicking numbers. They picked up almost four points on kicking. Hmm. That's interesting. On, like, field goal kicks. That's interesting. Okay. Seattle. Now, listen, if it wasn't for the 49ers. They are five for five, Seattle. Is that right? Okay. If it wasn't for the, but that's interesting. They were five for five, but only picked up, uh, like we said, three point seven points, and then Carolina lost point four, so it was about four. Feels like Seattle's going to be a playoff team. But hold on, three point seven and Jacksonville, though. Oh, I'm sorry. The other one was uh, eight points for the Colts. So it goes to show you how much harder those Colts field goals were. Wow. Yeah, I think Seattle looks like a playoff team. Now, if if somehow the 49ers can go spiraling down, we just need Purdy to like get get a Tommy John injury, and we'll maybe yeah. We'll be Sam okay. Darnold saved the day. Sam Darnold, come save yes. my bet. 
you know what we should have done? Five we to should, one. We should have bought out of that. I mean, it got crazy. It actually got down to what? Like 220 before the season? Yeah, but, but there was no no on Seattle, so we would have had to have bet like San Fran. That's all. That's fine. And then the Rams, like, oh, come then on. the Rams win the division. The we get scooped. Winning. The Rams aren't winning dick. You're right. I think we saw that tonight. Yep. Um, oh, here we go. Big upset. Arizona-Dallas. Now, this wasn't a faulty final to you. Uh a little bit of a faulty final. I think Arizona should have won by a field goal. Now, hold on a second. We're saying now, this is amazing because I remember the game now. You would think they won by 12. You know, Dallas had a 15% chance to win the game. You know, the betting markets kept back in Dallas. They were like even with like eight minutes left, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so Dallas was down 11 at halftime. Dallas was laying 10 second half. They get a field goal. And then Dallas becomes the favorite. You know, it's like they, it doesn't matter. The Arizona played well the entire game. Doesn't matter. I I think the market is completely sleeping on Arizona, saying they're the worst team in the league. And this Dobbs kid, all he's doing is playing, you know, really well at quarterback. And the defense is playing so so hard. This is. I think someone mentioned NFL players don't tank. I think that was you. You know, Sue from Sioux Falls wrote in. I just got this by private. Well, actually, Telegram is how she sends me stuff now. You ever use that, Mackenzie? No, I thought it was a carrier pigeon at first, but I was trying to see where the window was open. <laughs> no, it's like what drug dealers use or batters use. Faz, I think you're on there, aren't you? I, I have my Telegram. Yes. Yeah. I, I love the feature where you can you can delete the Telegram messages, and you can delete it for you, or you can delete it for both parties. There you go. I see? like that. You can see the kind of people who use Telegram. <laughs> Sue, what note? Sue, <laughs> Sue from Sioux Falls writes in, Fezzik, when are you going to give RJ credit? First off, how did you bet against his best bet? That's absurd. What's your record against RJ first? Oh, it's a multi-part question. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and he responds? Rec- the record is poor. <laughs> poor. And are you finally going to accept the NFL players want to win games? That I have accepted. <laughs> and you know what? I do think there's a caveat to this. If you have a horrible quarterback, it can look like you're tanking. Because you just it's you can't win with a horrible quarterback, but if you got a decent a D I'm not even saying good but a 14th best, you can win a lot of games. Just play hard. Yeah. I mean, what really? What's the Steelers got right now? A pretty good D, but they're injured, and they got an average or not an average quarterback. Like it would not surprise me if the Jets team makes a business decision. Like if they get down 20 in a game and they or 27, where they might pull a Denver and just say, you know what? We're just going to let – we're not blocking for Wilson. Screw See, it. I'm not sure. Here's the question, though. What is different between this year's team and last year's team other than the psychology of what they expected? Meaning the roster is maybe even better this year. Mike, because, White, Mike White was better than Wilson. Uh, Mike White had one and a half games that he wasn't injured last year. He yeah. didn't affect the season very much. You're right. So what, what's the difference? Meaning this was a playoff, borderline playoff team. Why wouldn't they be a borderline playoff team this year? Joe Flacco is better than Wilson. Everybody's better than Wilson. So you won't answer and, the question. Well, I, well, I think the team confidence in Wilson. They they thought Wilson sucked last year, and now they know he sucks. <laughs> okay, all right. I mean, I'm serious. So, what does this tell you about Dallas? Uh, I think Dallas. We need to pump the brakes on all the enthusiasm they had. The they they swept. Did the you New have York them teams. number one last week? Yeah, they well they were they had outscored their opponents seventy to ten. But those wins against the Jets and Giants don't look so good anymore, do they now? Well, I mean, listen, if you dominate the game, that's all you can do. Yeah, I think they just. I think it's human nature. They came in flat and they got beat. 
But but I do think there's questions. The defense still looked good. Oh, relatively good. I don't think so. Really? I don't think the defense looked good. I mean, not good's not the right word. They gave up 400 yards to right. Arizona. Good's not the right word. But we don't question the Dallas as a top five defense, do we? Not at all. But they had a really bad day. All right. But I think the offense is unproven at this point. It's it's a new coordinator. Bad in the red zone. One for five in the red zone. Could not get the put the biscuit in the basket in this game. Because let's be candid, is Dallas hasn't been in situations where they've had to score. It, fe- it feels like the game, the first two games, they were up big. Yes, completely it, untested. Low t- and they were tested here. It didn't they happen. Failed. They failed in, in their first test. And, and this backs game. up your point about how good Arizona did, thus Dallas's D didn't, on the line of scrimmage. Plus 16 points for Arizona. That's fourth best this week. Fourth best this week. Wow. And uh, nine of those points came from rushes. James Conner was a beast. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, how much do you upgrade Arizona? Two and a half points. All right. So, let's look at next week's Arizona line and see what the market did. So, they're playing San Francisco. Uh, okay. The line, the line was 14, I believe. Help me out with that, McKenzie. All right. So, I got it right here. Thank you. Is We've got San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Do-do-do. All right, they uh, the look ahead line closed at fifteen, and now it's fourteen. So think about this: San Francisco just crushed. Well, they they played very well against the Giants. They're the best team in the NFL, and now they're laying one point less. So clearly, we upgrade San Francisco, but we upgrade Arizona more. Okay, and you're going on to a key number. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. That doesn't seem like enough. So, of an upgrade for Arizona. Yeah. Well, I actually upgraded San Fran a point and a half, and I upgraded Arizona two and a half. So I made a one-point net difference. Arizona or San Fran's – that's funny. San Fran's been whipping everyone. That that 18-point win was that big. Okay, okay. I mean, I guess – Part of it I just said to myself, you know what? I'm not betting against San Francisco. Again. I don't want my numbers to say there's value betting against San Francisco because they've just been so dominant. Then how much can we trust those numbers if you had to reverse engineer like that? Well, early in the year, I think it's I'm kind of reverse engineering the Arizona. I never upgraded team two and a half points, but I just said the pre-flop number was just wrong, and I didn't have a big confidence interval on them. I got to get them a lot higher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And again, this is back to the debate. Is it bottom up or top down with ratings? I think both approaches make it. Like, meaning, when you, when you do the incremental week to week, you got to, st- I think, stay with your system there. Then you have a second review, which is how do these numbers look, all things considered. Because I think in both, if you can't get there incrementally, it feels like maybe it's overreaction. I agree. It's, well, especially a team like the Vikings, right? I, I've, I've got a pretty strong confidence that the Vikings are either an average team or a somewhat slightly below average team. I don't think that like um, my my projection there is going to be way off. Whereas with Arizona. It wouldn't have surprised me if they would have won two games or six games. I just didn't know. Uh, do a week-to-week breakdown on that, please. So McKenzie's got a good stat here, a trend. All right? And what we're going to uh, do, me a favor, put a uh, comma one after the week. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Oh, I like this. is good. All right. So if you look at the um, – if a team was a double or greater than 10, so more than a 10-point dog, not 10, though, more than not 10. Not 10 plus, my bad. Yeah, 10, yeah. And um, they win the game. That's all we're saying. Doesn't matter if it's home and road. Doesn't matter if it's home and road the next week. 
They're 39-68-3 ATS. That's 36%. A big win as a big underdog or win as an underdog, you lose the next week. Take Monday and Tuesday off. Everybody, great job. We're going to hit it hard. 36%. Now, I'm I specul- bet they do worse. Oh, I know what you're going to What say. were you going to say? They're, they do worse on the road. No, I'm, I'm speculating that the early years, early in the year, it's maybe not as bad. So let's see. In week two, it's one and one. Uh, week three, it's two and two. So all right. So how so do they f- do on the road, though? I think. But they do I'm sorry. Worse. Let me let me go yeah. through this first. I know you want the road. But we got that part. Okay. Uh, one one and four, then three and six. So it does go down quick. And wow, in week five. All right. So week four, they're uh, okay. Let's think about this. Yeah. So I, yeah, they're down ten points a game in week four, so it's no no real shakes there. Okay, all right. So uh, let's take let's, let's look at the site. You're gonna want to put the take the week out. Okay, so you're saying on the road the next game, Fez is yes. all right. So uh, that's how you're at exactly opposite. So if they're away the next game, they're seventeen and twenty nine, but they're only one point one six points. Oh, interesting. But if they're home. It's 22 and 39 minus three points. So I'm wrong. Yeah. So I thought you always said if they went on the road, it would help them not be distracted. No, I've always said the home momentum situation. When a team pulls an upset, like in college basketball mm-hmm. and like in other sports, mm-hmm. if they stay home as an underdog, that they normally you know get it up again in that game. But I thought you always talked about once they're away. Where do I think about you talking about away gets away from the distraction of the win? Like it's more business. They're on the road. They're not partying with their friends. When they're a favorite. Okay. Okay. So do me a favor, Mackenzie. Add in that you're more than a 10-point dog in this game. Oh, that's good. So this has only happened five times, and it's a one in four they lose. So it actually doesn't help you at all. Right? It's worse. They lose on average by 17 yeah, seventeen points eight, but they lose against the spread by five. Yeah, and it goes under money pretty. line. Yeah, bridge jumper. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, to be, one thing I did want to mention, I caught the post game Arizona mm-hmm. uh, uh, presser, and I would expect you know, they'd be hugging and like, oh my god, we, 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 we what a great win, first win for the for the new coach, and they were more business like. Yeah, which which you know, means I, I like that. You know, they weren't completely celebratory. I know, I know the ownership group is really thought lowly little of by people. And I don't know anything about the Bidwells, Mm -hmm. but I know that that was one of the best trades I've ever seen. The trade they made with Houston. You got a former Mm -hmm. Belichickian uh, front office guy. I I mean, my thought is that they're, they're doing things the right way. Um, Hey, pop up the trend. One more second, please. Okay. Fez, we got Kansas city. Oh, last game, Pittsburgh and the Raiders. I, I, I've had an epiphany with the Steelers. You put them in a game that the other team isn't dominant on offense. I think you could just say, how good is the other offense? Mm. And if, if they're top eight, maybe 10 in the league, Pittsburgh's in trouble. If not, they're going ha- to have close games, and they're probably going to win a lot of those. They win close games. You know, that's my sense, because when they play a Buffalo and they're rolling, they play a Philly, they can't they can't get into shootouts. No. And I would make the case when they're underdogs. You know, that's interesting. Go from uh, Big Ben's first absent year. So the Rudolph year. Oh, what a disaster that was. Well, it wasn't really. But 
And let's say Pittsburgh is the underdog, okay? And then I have a feeling that they're going to go under in the, in the games that they cover. So Pittsburgh's an underdog, and they cover. I think they're going to be under big. Mm. Now, that's the classic defensive team keeps the score. But I think Pittsburgh does that very well. Okay, that's modest. Um, so when they cover as a dog since 19, it's eight overs and 12 unders. That's that's still good. Yeah, not that's as prominent good. as I expected. Um, Why didn't we parlay this one? Yeah, mm. well, I you know, there's a lot of money on the Raiders. A lot of money. Yeah, and I had a, one trend that just had me on Pittsburgh big. Um, and, you know, I you went, know, when I was watching this game, also, it what stood out to me is like the referees really were doing everything they could to keep the Raiders in the game late. I mean, there were so many penalties on Pittsburgh. Yeah, on, I mean, I agree. I mean, questionable penalties where even the last drive where the Raiders got in the end zone, it took a you know a bogus roughing the passer call and a bogus fourth down pass interference call on, on an uncatchable ball. Yeah, I would make the case that Pittsburgh benefited from big plays, and in theory, those you know don't. Aren't, don't repeat themselves as much. If you look at the line of scrimmage, it was like Pittsburgh only by one point, but they had nine and a half points of turnover mm-hmm. uh, points earning. Um, here's my question. I think in hindsight, the earlier results should have put you on Pittsburgh here because what was the Raiders? Go ahead. What, yeah, is it strength of no, no strength of schedule. And like, I think the Broncos' win just looks a lot worse. You know, I lo- I looked at that, and sometimes you know, sometimes we we got to do more of this when you 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 go ahead and you look at how good a team is, and the the data is, is so small. And if you do go ahead and look at the, at the Raiders. Boy, the uh, that you know that Denver win just when they're getting losing by fifty, you know, against Miami. You, you know got to you yeah. got to take you got to take that with a grain of salt. You know what we could do? I could do a little Excel thing that said we could take your adjustments of teams when they happen after a game's been played. So let's say Pittsburgh played the Raiders this week, right? So in the next week, the next week, the next week, how are the Raiders adjusted? How and that will affect Pittsburgh. And how is Pittsburgh adjusted? That affects the Raiders. And see over the course of the last like four weeks who's been adjusted the most up or down their opponents that they've already played. Because in our minds, we put those wins in our minds and it locks in there in a way. Exactly right. And, and you nailed it. This is the narrative game to talk about because look at the Steelers, all right? Really haven't been playing too well. Well, of course they're not playing well. They had to play the freaking Niners who are killing everybody. And they had to play Cleveland. Guess what? Cleveland's freaking good, and they beat Cleveland. Yeah, so and they, like, but, at some point, winning the game matters, right? I mean, I mean, the, well, we got outstanded by Cleveland. Well, guess what? Everybody gets outstanded by Cleveland. They out, they, they they clobbered the Bengals and they clobbered Baltimore. What's I mean, what what what's not to like? Right? And I would make the case. Um, I'm sorry, they clobbered Tennessee. The, Tennessee. Sorry. I would. Yeah, no, we're, they're going to clobber, clobber Baltimore. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. I will say this though. I I think, I think the the San Francisco win was. A nice win. Let's give them credit, but they, they, the, their defense knew the plays effectively. Is what everyone's saying. So in a weird way, give them credit for that. But it's not like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is the, as bad as they seemed. They're just their OC's that bad. The win <laughs> but, against Cleveland. No, no, no. I'm saying that against San Francisco, the 49ers knew. Oh, okay. What the okay. Pittsburgh? So I think that was more of a domination 
then it really it looked like more of a domination yes. than it was. Yes. Or at least it would have been with fair situation. Listen, I don't say it's unfair, but you know, it doesn't tell you much if you can't get open when you know where you're going. Yes. I mean, again, maybe that's overdone. I don't know. All right, Fez. I think that covers it. So what we're doing is on the market report, we'll go, you're given the openers and the different line moves, but we're going to start with your theory. I'm going I'm to tease it this way. Is I texted or text, I'm not sure how that goes, Fez, later on Saturday night, and I said, hey, I'm going to the uh, Steelers game. I got a you know, new friend, got a luxury box. His response is very curtly negative EV. <laughs> now, you might think, where does that lead? Stay tuned, go to the next pod, find out. 